This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. This podcast also does not establish a standard of care, doctor-patient or client relationship. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. And because each person is so unique, all listeners are encouraged to connect with counseling and medical professionals for assistance with their personal journey. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect the privacy of those involved. You're listening to the We're Not Fine podcast with Doug Jensen and Dr. Talia Jackson. Happy Valentine's Day. Hi, friends. Wow. Happy Valentine's Day. First of all, maybe we need to agree upon how to even say the word, Doug. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell you how many people I've heard say Valentine's. Um, And I'm not sure. Like, I feel like there can't be that many. Well, I don't know. I feel like it happens periodically. I think also I'll include me in that, in that sometimes I say it to be funny. Oh, well, that's different. Yeah, but it kind of, you know, it kind of brings up like, how do we learn that? And how do we differentiate N from M? Well, and maybe it's the kind of thing that if you are talking to somebody and then they say Valentine's and then you are like, oh my God, I've been saying it wrong my entire life. And then you don't do any further research. Right. Then maybe then you're starting a movement. Well, and you know. (laughs) I could say I don't, I don't celebrate Valentine's Day, but I do Valent- Valentine's Day. You but that could sounds say like that. a dick, and it I don't does. want to be a dick. Yeah, it does. I That's try really hard. I have these like it's it's genetic. My mom is like this too. But if somebody says like espresso <laughs> or like bruschetta. <laughs> Then there's no way. My mom, oh my gosh, if somebody had the nerve to work in an Italian restaurant and hand her bruschetta and call it bruschetta, she would be like, don't you mean bruschetta? And it's like an ongoing joke. (sighs) Kudos to your mother for trying to enhance. Educate the universe. Hmm. Okay. It is her job. One person at a time. Are you so doing what are you guys doing for, the, for, for Valentine? Oh, yeah, you just you asked. Uh, Jinx. What are we, I was going to say, I don't even know what the word is. Well, and Jinx Monsoon comes to mind when you say that. Love that. Love that drag queen like no money. Anyway, um, I don't have a Valentine Aww. outside of my two beautiful kids. So every year, and they kind of come to expect this, and because neither one will listen to the podcast because they think it's obnoxious to listen to their father talk um, outside <laughs> of how much I already do, um, they will not know that, of course, every year I send them chocolate-covered strawberries and a floral bouquet, um, which has already been ordered because I put it on my agenda on February 1st every year uh. to do that. So that's your my Valentine's Day functioning. Oh my! I'm so jealous of your executive functioning because the <laughs> way that I usually do it, um, I'm pretty sure Doug 
years ago. You and I were together on Valentine's Day having I sushi we were. and cocktails. Aww. And it was like 20 below zero. And you and I walked arm in arm to Target. Oh, my God. I remember that. So I have that a picture of I it. could buy a few balloons and really bad cards and chocolates for my family, which just illustrates my lack of executive functioning. It's sort of like, oh, shit, it's Valentine's Day. Well, and then we went over the time allotted that we were going to hang out. And so we walked around downtown Minneapolis. And then that's right. We ended up at that beautiful Target and we walked around like, let's find something creative. But it had been picked over, of course. It had been picked over. And then I remember I got like these two Mylar balloons and they blew away by the time we got back. And so I was left with like a few <laughs> crappy chocolates and a bad excuse. It was And Target not my chocolate is not showing. great. Greg, do you have a Valentine? No, I don't, Doug. But huh. it, coincidentally, if anyone would like to be Doug's Valentine, they can email us their questions at questions at we're not fine.com. I welcome it. I welcome it. Please include a photo and a, a resume. Of what mm. part of their body? Oh. Face. He just whatever wants to see the Whatever you want to share. I'm pretty open to whatever you want to share. He wants to see the personality and the smile. Yeah. Okay, we'll yeah, go no with Valentine's. that. <laughs> no Valentine's. There's no time for that right now. We're busy no people. No time for Valentine's. No time. No time for Valentine's. It's not Valentine's. Valentine. It's not That's... Valentine. What about you and Rob? Do you have a, do you and Rob have a restaurant reservation or something planned? You know, we like to go a little underground because we feel like it's just a little commercial. So our favorite oh. thing to do is like get a really yummy dinner to cook at home Oh, and um, just have it be cozy. And of course it involves our sons as well. And so there isn't anything like super sexy about it, but um, it's just cute. And sometimes we'll go to like patina and find a couple cute things for everybody and everyone buys each other like one cute thing. Cause that place oh. is like literally the cutest right next um, to my office. We did have one situation um, back when we had our OP, our original pug who um, then was like, morbidly obese with diabetes and glaucoma and all sorts of issues. But we like made this really fancy steak wrapped in bacon and like a cheese and salami, pl all this like really beautiful Ooh. stuff. And then I think like we left the kitchen for two minutes and we came back and he had <laughs> eaten the steaks Aww. with the bacon and it had like this like big toothpick in it that he also ate uh -oh. and so our sexy beautiful valentine's day ended up being like an emergency pet hospital day yeah which you know i'm big on no rules for any particular holiday and by the way i would say out of like great compassion and empathy this is a difficult holiday for a lot of people so like a lot of people what did you say? What did you say? Singles, singles Awareness Day. Sad. Yeah. And you know, you, re you mentioned something, Talia. There's a lot of people that realized Valentine's Day might have been put in place just for money making for Hallmark and other mm. industries mm -hmm. that benefit. But I'm also somebody who just enjoys every reason to celebrate something. So I'm glad to partake in the chocolate strawberries, which I think cost $90, by the way. Well, and also, um, you are celebrating love. You're I not am. Celebrating I love, love, love those two kids. Romance. So if I'm we not. think about it as just like, and I love the idea of like Galentine's Day. Are there oh, yeah. boy versions of this? 
Uh, Bra-Valentine's Bra- Day. Bra-Valentine's yeah, Day. I've got some bras. Not bras like, you know, that you, you wear. You have some bras? I have some amazing bras who I love dearly and I would love to celebrate the day with them. You should do that. You should start a movement. I should, shouldn't I? There you go. Braventine. We got to find a better name than that. Galentine. We'll have to think know. on that. All right, let's get into our mailbags for today. <laughs> Greg, are you going to think a lot about it? Like, I want to know much how are much we time you're going to spend. <laughs> Two seconds. Oh. It's over. Okay. He thought it's about over. it. We thought about okay, it. Okay, what do you have for us? All right, here we go. This is from Charlene. All right. I had a nine year relationship. We were married for six years, and we've been divorced for three years now. Nothing happened. We just wanted different things in life, and we couldn't see us being together for the long term. We, Our relationship took a pivot. <laughs> we, decided that going, okay. we decided that going separate ways would be the best for both of us. He's been my best friend for years, and even though we weren't so close anymore after the divorce, we have a son together, so we couldn't just cut and run. I was dating someone else, and so was he, until a few months ago when he was diagnosed with cancer. His girlfriend broke up with him. He lives pretty far from his family, and I can't just watch him going through this alone. He's terrified, I'm scared, and I've been anxious, crying nonstop about this situation. I don't have any romantic feelings for him anymore, but I do love him, and as a friend and as a father of my son. The guy I was dating got jealous, and that I've been involved with my um, ex-husband's life and being supportive, so he broke up with me. My friends just don't understand, and they say I'm being dramatic and that I can't be that worried about my ex because we're not together anymore. I feel lost and scared, and I just don't know how I can feel this way and what I should do. Oh, for Pete's sakes. It's so um, heartbreaking. Doug, well, do you it's want a little to bit start? Well, <laughs> I do, uh, partly Go. because I will share a little personal information about me. You know, so I have a co-parent situation with the mother of my two children. And we are there for each other to this day, decades later. Um, And what we've kind of decided is that the people in our lives that we date or that now she's married to, they have to know this is part of the deal. You know, so I will tell you, I'm not liking in any way, shape or form, any of the comments you're getting about something is abnormal about you caring for and loving the person that you share. But Doug, is yeah. it possible that your situation makes things a little less complicated because because I'm is, gay? Yes, because there's yes. 100% certainty for whomever anyone is with that you guys are not going to fall in love again and have like this sexual have escapade. Coitus. Okay. Um That's right. So here is the deal about that though. I I think it's really um outdated and just really like fear-based for people to be concerned about that. If you're really clear with people, there is not a physical or romantic interest, but that you love and care for this person who, by the way, is going through a difficult time. I will also share that I had melanoma. I've had melanoma. And so, you know, my ex was totally there. She is a dear friend of mine. And we, you know, we are co-parents together. We go on trips sometimes with our kids together. We help them move from different locations. We go to ceremonies together, et cetera. Um, And it's really kind of effortless. I I can't speak to what her husband experiences. I don't know. 
Um, but I have shared with any dude that I date, I have a relationship. And usually people like the guys that I've dated are a hundred percent supportive. Like they get right. it. Like it just makes total sense why you would have that relationship. But you're right, Talia. There's not a big threat. I am gay. Right. It is how it works. Right. I, I emotionally and physically attached to men. Um, not a not a prude or not necessarily. There get into might that. be though, um, like a possible workaround for like straight exes who love each other, care about each other, are not attracted to each other. Because what I'm thinking of is just like it is inherently kind of complicated and sometimes impossible for exes to be friends. Straight exes gay exes. I'm just thinking because there were once, there was once attraction. There was once deep, deep love and shared life and sometimes um, shared children. But what I have found is that if the person or the people involved that are exes that are taking care of each other, if they bring in their partner so it isn't just like I'm leaving tonight to have dinner with my ex, but it's like you and me, we're a package deal. This guy, I adore him. He's the father of my children. I care about him a lot. We're the couple. We are going to go take care of him. We're going to make some soup and bring it to him and sit with him. Or like, I want you to also connect with him. That can be a really beautiful workaround. I agree Doug, that that think? can be a workaround. I do think that, Talia. I think that can be a workaround, but I still want to say we all have to, like, be an adult in situations like this. Part of the issue that's different, this isn't like just having a friendship and going to a movie with your ex. Her ex has cancer. I know. And, and the best thing, honestly, and we're not talking yet about what impact this has for the two kids involved. I think there were two. I think it was one, but I don't what? think it matters. Okay. They have a son? Okay. Yeah. So here's the deal. <laughs> I'm projecting my own circumstance, um, you know, but in the situation where there's like one child, it benefits the child. Remember, you know, every kid therapist that I know would say that what my ex and I have done on behalf of our kids is the right idea. Don't hate your ex. Don't have strain with your ex. And so if you can show love for that person, it makes your kids know you meant to bring them into this world and you have their back and you are a united team. And I have seen so many straight people Mm -hmm. And gay people manage and, and navigate this relationship dynamic and the change really well. I will tell Me you too. too but right? it can also destroy the relationship. So like that threatening piece, I feel like needs to be addressed, which you didn't have in your like beautiful uncoupling co-parenting experience. But Which it wasn't it, always beautiful, by the way, but go ahead. It was probably bumpy in, in it, spots. It had bumps, for sure. But there is something inherently threatening about your partner spending a lot of time and energy and just filled with like empathy and generosity of like time, blood, sweat, and tears, spirit towards somebody else that they have once loved and share a child with. There's no way to make that feel good for the partner unless the partner is brought into the process. I, and I disagree with that. I think it's... Well, you're I, wrong. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'd like to now bring to you evidence <laughs> A. This Sorry. is what my Oof. best friend gave me. Is this backwards? No, it looks right, but... Um, yeah, so proof. Exhibit I have the a. same mug. I have the same mug. So we're, in, we're in a... Okay, what were you going to say? <laughs> Although you're... 
your T-I-T-S are much bigger than mine. Um, T-H-A-N-K-S. <laughs> the, so this, this is what I think about that. Okay. I think we all have to be adults and we all have to do our work. So what you're talking about in terms of like threat, if, if you tell somebody, I am not interested in anything romantic, that part is done. And I do think that can go away. I think people transition out of that experience with people all the time. There is no threat here, but this person is the co-parent and father of my child. And I love this person, not in a romantic way. I want that dude to hear her. I think her name, I think your name is Julie. If I remember right, I'm, I'm bad with that. First Charlene. Name. Is it Charlene? It is Charlene. I'm sorry, Charlene. I love Charlene much better. I had a friend I, named Charlene. I, Charlene fits. Fits for sure. Does it? Anyway, Charlene. that's a whole other discussion about what Charlene means to you. But what I would say is that I think, Charlene, expect the boyfriend in your life to be an adult and understand this is a different situation. You are concerned for someone. I don't know prognosis, by the way. Like you didn't necessarily identify what this cancer was, what the treatment is, what the circumstances are related to his health. But boy, if you decided your boyfriend's like insecurity, I'm going to call it. That's right. Feel, feel free to write in to me at we'renotfine.com <laughs> um, if you have concerns with my comment there. But this dude's insecurity, grow up, dude. You know, okay, this is so not about you. I'm going to wrap it up as I think that you and I may possibly be arguing the same points. And I do realize, dear Charlene, that he already broke up with you. His loss. That sucks. I'm so sorry. Your gain, by the way. You need a strong person in your life. So maybe the two parts that Doug is agreeing with me because I'm always right. Hmm. Right? No, I'm just kidding. No. Um, part number one is that everyone needs to have a secure attachment. So you need to figure out the insecure attachment and what that's about. If he's leaving you before you even have a chance to figure out how to make this work for everyone... Not your guy. You definitely Bye -bye. need someone who's open to even just talking about like, this makes me feel worried. This makes me feel insecure because part two is I do think no matter what these situations might only work, if you are involving your new partner in this is what I have to do. How can I make this work for you? This has nothing to do with romance or attraction. I just need to do this for me, for our son, but I really love you and I want you to be a part of this. Would you be open to being there together and developing a relationship with him too? Or would you be willing, you know, just to open dialogue about that because this is a tricky one, a really tricky one. I'm sorry. I'm plugging in my computer. It's low on battery. Um, oh, duh, here's, duh, duh. here's what I would say about that. Like the other thing I want to say is that the dude who has cancer may not necessarily yeah. want that other person there too. It might not help him to feel safe or to feel connected. I don't know what that relationship is. So it's not just like putting that onto somebody. Like in, in order to be in your life, I have to bring my boyfriend with because he's insecure. That seems or really like well, weird. what can make this work for you? I mean, I don't okay. disagree with you, but I feel like you're underestimating how potentially triggering this would be, even for someone who's a mature adult. Oh come on! I see uh, your yeah, face. I, I see. I know. I, I know you do. <laughs> and now that I've plugged in my computer, it's going to stay on the screen. 
Um, I, I don't know. I think I, I, I just don't love it. And a part of it is, and I'm going to own maybe that my experience obviously changes things for me. I think things can be done. I think it's not always easy, but I think it takes two people who can actually have a communication and navigate. And my situation is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, mm. but it's taken a lot of work. It's taken a lot of hard work, you know, to get where we are. So I would say the hard work is not something to be avoided. And I honestly think, Charlene, I got your name right this time. Um, I really think that, you know, I, I don't think you want to be with someone necessarily who's not secure in your relationship with him and can support you doing what's right for you and your son in this situation. I don't like but it. But Doug, do you agree that now Charlene is actually navigating to love relationships with intimate partners and that this is going to require a lot of like one-on-one, -on -one, a lot of intimacy, maybe nostalgia, maybe mourning together. I mean, they feel like this is family. They have a child together. The word maybe is the really key piece there. I don't think we know anything. <laughs> like, we don't know anything about this. We don't know, like, maybe the dude with cancer is like, yeah, I, I don't feel anything either. There's nothing here. I'm so grateful for you in my life. You're like my girlfriend, right? Um, we don't know anything about him. We don't know anything about the circumstance. But um, I also don't think that they're equal. There's such a massive difference between a romantic connection and a platonic connection. And you can have a platonic relationship with an ex. People do it all the time. Um, and in this situation where you are choosing to have this person still in your life, and by the way, duh, whatever it is, graduations, weddings, whatever it is, you want to be able to show your son, we love you, we brought you into the world right. out of our own choices and love, and we're gonna be there for you. I Probably the other piece that I'm not saying is that I sometimes struggle, of course, with divorced couples who forget that their kids are impacted uh, by their anger and their rage and they're talking about them behind their back, et cetera. Don't do that. Rule one of divorce. Do not talk badly about the others to your kids. 100% because right? it doesn't destroy their image of the parent. It destroys their image of themselves because they're, you're, you're trashing that's half correct. of them and you they are need correct. to be able to love that other parent and so, themselves. So Charlotte, I love that you're doing this. Charlene. I love that you, <laughs> Charlene, what did I say? Charlotte. <laughs> oh my God. Charlatan. Charlemagne. <laughs> Jessica, I am so. <laughs> oh my God. I actually love, I love Charlene, is it? Um, I love you, Charlene. I think you're doing such an adult. It is Charlene, right? Okay. Um, I really love what it you're is. doing. I think it's a really yeah. adult thing to do. And I think you will have the other pieces so beautiful, not only on behalf of your son, are you doing this, but also on behalf of yourself. I don't think you're going to feel good if something happens to this guy. And for whatever reason, his cancer is terminal, which I have great empathy for you and him mm. and your son. What a great loss that would be for your family. But you know, the reality is you're going to feel better having done this. It is the better way to live. You're being honest with yourself, which I always suggest is the best way to live a great life. It's true. It's really beautiful. I commend you. I do too. Good work. You're a good human being. Charlene. Oh, that rhymes. Okay. In honor of Valentine's Day, we have sort of a Valentine's oh. um, issue that came up. So that's two people that are 25 years old apiece. 
another 25-year-old oh. Another 25-year-old couple. Wow. Okay. We yeah. love the Youngs. Okay. So this is this is Scott and Jenna. Okay. So Scott Scott came over to his girlfriend's house for Valentine's last year. And unfortunately, um, he had been going through some work stuff that was not going well, a lot of stress in his life. And he, as soon as he got there, she gave him homemade baked cookies. He had a teddy bear for her that he had purchased and it, it, and she didn't seem to like it. After they cuddled and watched a show on TV, he could tell from her body language that something was wrong and apologized for being tired and exhausted from the work situation. Um, she didn't seem to care and was still upset. And then an argument <laughs> occurred and things got heated and things were set and it did not go well um, at all. So unfortunately, um, you know, she thought that my gift was not good enough that I had dialed it in and, and oh, I was doing the bare minimum. Whereas she always bakes me cookies and that's just what she does. So it didn't seem particularly special to me either. Um, but our conversation and texting back and forth um, ensued. And so the next day I said, good morning. Yesterday wasn't how things should have played out. Although I was tired and drained, I take accountability for my part and how things negatively transpired as well as how they were handled when it escalated. I'd like to show you and our relationship, the appreciation that it deserves today. I love you. And I hope to see you later today. Oh. She Wait, responded. Greg, who was that? Oh, that was him. That did that. That was yeah, Scott. Yeah, that was That's Scott. Lovely. I yeah. know. And then Jenna, then Jenna replied, I apologize for my part on how things played out. I should have communicated better about what I want. But mm -hmm. at this point, I don't feel like any gesture today would be genuine. I don't feel comfortable coming over, so there's no need to do anything. And then I responded back to her, I appreciate you taking accountability. Then two days later, uh, she sent me this. While I appreciate you taking responsibility for how things played out, Valentine's really showed me that neither of our needs are being met and this relationship isn't healthy for either of us. Oh. I need someone who is going to show up for me and make me feel loved and supported. Although I've tried to communicate my needs, they are not being met. I do appreciate everything you have done and taught me while we were together, but I think I need to be alone right now. I hope you can, you can understand and respect my decision. I want nothing but the best for you, but I have to make sure that I'm okay mentally and emotionally. Oh, and this I received is that. so sad. Yeah, I received that a couple of days ago, and I didn't know how to respond, so I haven't responded. At first, I, w I wanted to respect her wishes and leave things alone, but I do love her. She can be extremely needy at times and needs constant attention, which drains me. But nonetheless, I still love her. She's been with me through some things and stayed solid. I make efforts to show her appreciation through affection and words of affirmation, but it seems to be not enough. Should I try to stay with her or is this pretty much over in terms of a relationship? Yeah, this is a real heartbreaker here because like this is why we can't have everything relying on like our birthday or Valentine's Day or how someone shows up on one day. Is she disappointed in the present or in the entire relationship, which would then lead me to ask, 
how are you communicating these needs? Like what are your expectations? Because if we are living in a constant state of disappointment that our partner should be able to clairvoyantly anticipate all of our needs and surprise (laughs) us. I mean, Doug, I don't know about you, but literally every single couple that walks through my door, at least one of the conversations, someone will say, I shouldn't have to tell him that I want this thing. I shouldn't have to tell her that that's important to me. They should already know. Right. And so then I have to, this is, of course, as you know, I say like the same thing, but I will always say that, and this, and this is also like, you could totally disagree with me. Right. But what I always say is that the only person on the planet that might be able to anticipate your needs is an incredibly attuned mother whose like biological spidey sense is like, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Are you cold? Are you sad? Are you like, my life is to serve you and meet all of your needs. But otherwise, if you're an adult and you never got that, which most of us haven't, I'm very sorry. You're not going to get it. You have to be that for yourself because no one else can anticipate your needs. So if you say to somebody, okay, I have a lot of triggers around Valentine's day, or like I have a lot of expectations around Valentine's day, around my birthday, around Christmas. These are some past experiences that left me feeling so sad, so disappointed, so alone. Can we get around that? Can we figure out like I, you know, I'm all about experiences. So like, I don't want a teddy bear. I want a surprise experience or I don't want a surprise experience. I want this other thing. And I know that, I mean, even what she said about like, don't even bother trying today because it won't be genuine and sincere. That's also like a battle under the same umbrella of if you haven't thought of it yourself and wowed me, don't even bother now that I've told you what my needs are. You've already failed. Whereas I would really encourage people to get ahead of that. Like if you feel like I have a history of being so disappointed every Valentine's day, that's yours, my dear. You've got to figure out what that's about and what you're craving, what you're wanting, what you're needing so that you actually have a chance of getting it. And yes, you might have to sacrifice the surprise But at least you are going to feel like that person hears you, loves you, cares about you, and is stepping up to love you in the way that you want to be loved. This is like, this is relationship destroying. And if you stay in this relationship, I can guarantee you it's just going to be more of the same dynamic that you are going to forever disappoint her unless she can take some responsibility, not just for her reactions, but for her anticipation and her expectations. And then it's on her to communicate with you how you can please her and not just in presence, in everything. So I don't even know where to start. Um, I do want to start by disagreeing with you. Um, I think that, you know, one of my big pet (laughs) peeves has always been like, as I've been this involved dad in my kids' lives, I've watched all of these commercials geared toward mothers. 
and it drives me fucking nuts. I know. It's like it's I so know. discounting of men. It's so discounting of men who are attuned to their kids. So no, I don't agree that it's just a mom who is, uh, you know, aware of needs for their kids. I think maybe it's maybe just an attuned parent. I was just thinking I like of that. like I like that. This I like, like the word parent. Be parent. I was just thinking I'll about this parent. like biological, like spidey sense that some mothers may experience just because of biology, but that is not at all to say that any parent of any gender can't be madly in love, totally attuned. And so not to get too far off on that, but right. there are motherless kids, right? There are kids with two dads. There are kids with one dad. There are all those things. That's right. And it's, and it's I think, very hurtful. Um, and also assume. there are mothers that have zero maternal right. 100%, sense right. and should Absolutely. not ever have been mothers. And by the way, I mean, yes, the woman goes through obviously a very big process of pregnancy and delivery, but it does take sperm. So there are dudes involved in that biologically. So I anyway, did not mean to discount soap, men off that soapbox for a second. <laughs> I want to go back to, of course, Scott, um, I have so much to say about this. Like one of the things I caught at the beginning of your description of in the, in your letter was, you know, that she had wrote, she had written in this kind of, I'm done with the relationship. We obviously don't meet each other's needs. I was clear on what my needs were. That's my question. Like, did you right. feel like you knew what her needs were? And I'm going to go to love languages for a second on this, mm -hmm. you know, acts of service, gifts, you know, all those things that, that are in there, um, but after, you know, uh, physical yep. touch, all those things. Quality time. If she says gifts are my way of feeling important, I That's think right. you missed the ball, right? And I also think, Scott, that you did a beautiful job of rebounding. Like mm. I, the, and, and I don't know that it's been that clear, though. I don't know that she has said to you really big, elaborate gifts, which, you know, financial and all those other pieces come into play. You know, you were under a lot of work stress. I think it's very sweet that you made cookies and teddy bear and all that sort of thing. Um, and a teddy bear is a gift. So I can't tell there was a little princess uh, dynamic going on for me in this description. Like I need it to be bigger. I need it to be better. Um, I don't, I don't subscribe to the idea that gifts need to be monetary necessarily. Um, I think it is the thought that counts. I do think that's valid. I think making cookies and giving a teddy bear is very thoughtful, but if she needs a bigger expression on Valentine's day, maybe she did let you know that like, I need a big gift on my birthday. Like a car is about, you know, my or a big <laughs> di diamond or a Tiffany box, a blue box. Um, all those things. I think to myself, maybe if she was clear and you just are not that person, it's time to admit that and have that conversation. I don't sense that's the case, Scott. You know, the other thing that kind of came up in this is like, you kind of ask like, should I continue this relationship? You may not have a choice. I mean, she may have moved on. Um, and this may be kind of an impulsive feeling like you don't want to get rid, you know, lose what it is that you have. She felt very clear. And I might, if I were you, if you really want to try this, I might say, I actually think I can do better. If you have in instinct to give this another shot, I think you should give me another shot or show up at her door with, which might be boundary, boundary issues. I don't know this person well enough, mm. but you know, Jenna, I think her name was, um, like, again, if she needs a big gift, maybe show up with a gift. If you really want to try to make this work, that might be the way to do it. I hate that a gift though, even though it's a, a love language, I hate that a gift is what she's focused on. 
And um, there is, there is something really important about this, like love language conversation. I feel like I've yeah. mentioned in another episode, right? This couple that I had years and years and years ago where he was making her a sandwich every day before she went to work, which is of course like acts of service. And all she was craving was physical touch. Right. Right. And so I have yet, I don't know about you, but I have yet to meet a couple whose love languages are actually aligned because most often we give what we're craving. I know I've said this before. Um, if we haven't like taken the love languages test and if we don't know a lot about love languages, it's basically like how do you even describe it? It's like, it's a bank. It's a love bank. It's paying money into this love bank of feeling loved and secure. So if your love language, Doug, is physical touch and like is. back rubs and like oh, hand holding and snuggling and all of this yep. stuff, but I was making you sandwiches every day. I would like that too. Right. But that's exactly right. You would like it if we're likening it to a love bank. I would say that like for you, maybe a sandwich every day would be like $5 into the love bank. But a hug and a back massage and a, you know, a tight squeeze and a snuggle might be a hundred bucks into that bank account. Or if you like kissed me and gave me a hug while you gave me my sandwich, I would be like really, really $200 straight into the bank account. But that's why you need to know yourself well enough to know that, oh, thank you so much for washing the dishes every single day. But what I actually yeah. want is for us to start saving up for a trip to Paris because I want to have an adventure with you. Or whenever you're on your phone and not giving me quality time, I feel really abandoned and yes, you do give me gifts, but what I really want is your attention and your presence. So that's really important to figure out because as I said, I have yet to meet a couple who give each other intuitively what the other person is craving. Usually we give what we're craving. So if you are dating somebody who's constantly giving you compliments about how you look, they want that. That's what they want. If you are dating somebody who is like always coming up to you and giving you a pat on the butt and like a big hug and a squeeze or like always wanting to be near you, right. that's what they want and that's what they need. So if even if you're not having the conversations, that might be a good way to figure out what they want. So we're focused on, you know, what she specifically said about Valentine's Day and how she didn't get what she wanted. And it, it, yeah. it was something she, she feels like she's let you know what was important and you didn't do it. Um, and didn't accept your apology. It does tell me, by the way, Scott, that there's something deeper about this relationship that's not working. Mm. Like, I don't know that this would be just the reason why somebody, if they were in love with you, I don't think this is the reason they would walk away. So I think this was something brewing. I think she had some self-doubt about this. I think she kind of put a wall up right away and said, you know, there's nothing you can do now. I want to go to something very specific, though, that she said, which is coming over now would feel like it was just a reaction and it wouldn't feel genuine. That's not fair. Right. People She's get not to recover. accepting. Right. right. People get mm -hmm. to recover. People get to redo. People get to do it again and have it be genuine. Um, and so I, I disagree entirely with Jenna's conclusion that, Scott, you couldn't make up for it or you couldn't, you know, it, when you had a, a more clear head that wasn't so fraught with work stress, 
um, that you couldn't come back to her and be more the person that you wanted to show up and be. I wish she would have said, and if she was in this relationship and really in it, I think she would have said, all right, let's start over. Shower me, shower me, my, my dude. So Doug, have you ever wondered if sometimes people are sort of committed to feeling disappointed Sure. And like not really letting their partner not disappoint them. Yeah. I mean, I think that's about vulnerability. I think it's about knowing yourself. I think it's that's about right. being afraid of doing that work that it takes to really be in a healthy relationship. That's right. It's and easy to figure to... out what you need so you can ask for what you need. That's right. That's right. So Scott, I would say you made an effort. I might give it a little space. Yeah. You know, the only thing that I think it's kind of like, I don't know, remember what show that is. If it's the breakfast club, I don't remember the show. I'm not going to remember. He brings a boom box and plays a song outside. Like, oh, you could. Yeah. John Cusack. That's right. It was called. Whose sister Joan is amazing. Anyway. Oh my God. She's amazing. <laughs> okay. That movie is called Say Anything. Oh, I got it wrong. Um but here's the deal about it. Like you could make some big romantic gesture and give it one more shot. If it's something you need to do, I think that's a fair thing. Um, but if that's not something she's open to be very aware of her boundaries and walk away. Scott, I'm glad you wrote in. Thank you for, thank yes, you for sharing you're that amazing. Experience. You sound like a great boy. I know. I think so too. I think you're a good yeah. boyfriend. All right. Have a question for Doug or Talia. Email us your questions at questions that were not Eligible questions will be randomly selected for upcoming episodes. For details, visit our website at we'renotfine.com. Join us every Tuesday for new conversations, new challenging topics, and fun.